What's up, everyone? This is Matt Vogt of The Lifestyle Practice, where we help dentists like you achieve your goals and dreams through practice ownership. As you probably know, we're not just podcasters. Our main way we work with dentists is through one-on-one coaching. We also work together via our online learning course, TLP Academy, and our exclusive TLP Mastermind Groups. And on that note, signups will be closing soon for our next TLP Mastermind group, which will begin meeting together on October 16th, and that'll be led by yours truly. It's an awesome opportunity to learn and grow with accountability from other doctors. So if you're ready to reserve your spot, don't wait. Click on the link in the show notes for more information and to sign up. And just to be clear too, this is not a group that is focused on startups. It's meant for owners or potential slash future owners of all types of practices. So come join us. If you have any questions about how to work together at all, you can always email me at matt at thelifestylepractice.com. All right. So I know we took a little break from the startup miniseries last episode, but we're back now. And I honestly hope it's brought you a ton of value and that you are more ready to go out and build your own practice than before you started listening. So last episode, we talked about how to assemble the perfect team, but let's be honest, none of that matters if you can't lead that team and create a culture in your office that keeps people around on that team for a long time. So let's talk about that today, including the one thing, the biggest thing, the best thing that I ever did in my office to spark an awesome team culture. I'll be honest here. This is one of the toughest things to get right in ownership, especially in a startup practice, just because in a startup, everything is new, everything is different. And if you're not a calm, collected leader of your team, it can cause a lot of tension or stress. And that can be the same story for if you're trying to make changes in your practice to grow or accomplish whatever it is you're trying to accomplish. If there's one thing that I see make or break practices of all sizes, one thing that determines your level of success the most, in general, it's leadership from you, the owner dentist, and it's also the team culture that you have in place. Because this is the reality. We went to dental school whenever that was, and they taught us about teeth. Maybe they talked to us about the business of dentistry a bit, but probably not. They, they definitely didn't teach us how to manage people. And yet managing people is one of the biggest things that we have to do every single day in our offices. And the dentistry is often the easy part. I think the dentists who do the best here are the ones who treat leadership of a team as another skill that they need to develop to be successful in dentistry. Just like you learned how to do the perfect crown prep and have honed that skill over time, your leadership skills need to be honed as well. We have loads of content and episodes talking about leadership in general. So in this episode, let's talk about leadership and creating a team culture in growing practices or startups specifically, because that can be a little bit different dynamic. You may be looking to start a practice or you may be looking to make changes in your practice to achieve your goals. Either way, I think these tips will help. So we'll talk about three specific strategies that you can implement, including the one thing, like I said, the best thing I ever did in my office for our team culture. And you'll have to wait till the end. That's what they call a teaser in podcasting. Strategy number one, take extreme ownership. If you haven't read the book, Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willink, 
I highly recommend it. So the book talks about leadership from the lens of Jocko's time serving as a Navy SEAL. And the gist of the book is that a leader must own everything in his or her world. It's the leader's fault when subordinates aren't doing what they should. And total responsibility for failure is a difficult thing to accept, but it has to happen. And it requires extraordinary humility and courage for a leader to do so. So in a startup or a practice in which you are making changes or trying to grow or improve, there are going to be lots of things that you are working on each day with your team. And things in your office and systems will break down almost daily. That's okay, but it's how you react that sets the tone in your office. And you've got to take ownership of every little bit of that. And you cannot pass the blame on if you want to be an effective leader. The easy way out when things aren't going your way or your team isn't performing the way you think they should is to accept zero responsibility for mistakes or to make excuses and and blame everyone else for their failings. Or it's also wrong to think, you know, I just can't find good team members. I mean, I hear that all the time and it's, it's just not the case. They're out there. But the responsibility and the ownership for leading that team and finding the right team and creating that culture, it falls on you. Take extreme ownership. If you want to be an effective leader and show your team that although you are their boss, you're right there in the trenches with them, you own it. You own everything 100%. And if something isn't going your way, start with what you're going to do differently. Every mistake, every failure or shortfall, own it as a leader. This goes a long way to showing your team that you support them, and it goes a long way to building their trust and their confidence in you as a leader of the group. Strategy number two, put the needs of your team above your own. With a team, you've really got to put your money where your mouth is. If you say that you care about them, you've got to show them that with your actions. Words aren't enough. And one way to do that is to make sure that that is to make sure that their needs in their position are being met. This is very easy to get wrong as you're growing a practice. It's very easy to be focused on the bottom line and nothing else if you're not careful. But your team, they have needs and wants in their positions. If you want to build an effective culture, especially in a startup with just a few employees right off the bat, I would say put yourself in their shoes. Think about how they might think. and really try to get into their perspective of what it might be like to work in your practice. It will really help you be a better leader. For example, think about about what it would be like to join a brand new business, being one of maybe two or three employees. That would be pretty scary. I mean, what would make that a more attractive proposition for a potential employee? Well, it would probably be a boss or a leader who is true to their word someone who listens, someone who treats employees with respect and takes a genuine interest in how to make them happy above their own needs. Every team culture is different, but a common thread I see with the good ones are leaders who take a genuine interest in their employees and put them above all else. This is what a lot of people call servant leadership. So in your startup, this may mean putting in the extra work, 
to learn your systems inside and out so you can support your new front desk team member. It may mean taking your new assistant under your wing and showing them the ropes and molding them each day so that they can do a better job and get more fulfillment out of their job. It may mean meeting with your team members individually each quarter and checking in and seeing how things are going and seeing what you can do better as a leader to help them succeed. And honestly, here's the thing. Your your colleagues, the guy or gal down the street is probably not doing this because this is hard work. It's it's not uh it's not the easy way out. It's it's going against the grain, especially as your team grows. I mean, doing this daily, putting in the sweat equity daily to grow your team culture. It's it's not easy. And the easy way out is to go back to your office in between patients and, and hang out and wait for the next one. But that's probably not the right move. If that's happening, your team members, your employees can sense that. Your team wants to feel cared for and appreciated and heard. And if they feel that way, they're going to reciprocate that energy back to you. And they want to work in an environment and for a leader who is passionate and energetic about making sure that that they are well taken care of. Strategy number three, listen to the input of your team. All right, real talk. I can't even express to you how bad I was at this when I first got out of dental school. I, I remember thinking I knew everything, and I mean everything when it came to dentistry. Uh, I, was, I was the dentist with my shiny new degree, and I didn't really want to hear what, what anyone had to say around me. Please do not be like young Matt. <laughs> I, I cringe a, a little bit just thinking about it. Definitely have improved, uh, but it took a lot of time and reflection and uh, quite honestly, um, some, some broken relationships with team members to really learn how the real world works and how to be an effective leader. And I'm certainly not perfect. It's a skill I'm still honing every day as well. One of those skills that is something that I'm constantly aware of, and I think you should be too, is, is listening to your team, listening to their input instead of always trying to have the perfect answer is one of the best things you can do as a leader to build a culture of collaboration. And this is especially true in a startup environment where you are going to be growing quickly and your systems will need to grow and change as well. Systems and processes will break and need to be tweaked. And the input of your team is essential to to be able to figure out what moves to take next. But the beauty of, of listening is not only to get the input of your valued team members, but over time, this is going to create a culture that almost manages itself. And what I mean by that is if your team knows that you're going to listen to their input and you're going to take into consideration their thoughts of how things should be done in the office, they're going to do those things and they'll feel empowered to think independently to address problems or everyday situations in the office versus feeling restricted and needing to come to you for every little thing. And that's good for both of you because you don't want that to be the case. You don't want to have to be bothered with with trivial things throughout the day. So next time someone comes to you with a problem or a question in your office, instead of trying to feel like you know everything and blurting out the answer, just ask. Ask them, what do you think we should do? And If their answer is reasonable, consider saying, okay, let's do that. Thank you so much. I hope those three quick strategies are helpful in your startup or your growing office. 
I know they've been extremely helpful in mine and in the offices of the clients I coach. Now the moment you've all been waiting for, the single best thing that I ever did for my office culture. And I'm not kidding when I say this. The best thing I ever did to create a great team culture was to start bringing my dog to the office every single day. Yes, you listened through the first 10 or 15 minutes of this podcast for me to tell you that the key is to have an office mascot. But really though, hear me out. I used to bring my little Pomeranian, whose name is Pigeon, to the office every once in a while, and the team loved it. He would spend his days just hanging out in the break room. Uh, everyone would say hello when they went back for a drink. It was great. And so one day, you know, maybe a year, two years ago, I just decided to start bringing him every day that I came in. I realized, hey, this is great. Everyone's more positive, and they just, we just love this. And you wouldn't believe the effect this had on morale in the office. He is truly our office mascot. We call him our chief barking officer. He's the sweetest guy, and now he he literally sprints to the car every morning when he senses I'm going to work. And the team, if for some reason he doesn't come in, uh, they're heartbroken. They want to know where Pigeon is. But I realized over time, this wasn't just about the dog. It was about something that our team could have in common outside of dentistry. It was a common mission we could share, taking care of Pigeon. You know, we coordinate who's going to take him out for bathroom breaks. And, uh, you know, a good chunk of the team will take him on walks together over lunch. Patients come back to say hello, too. And honestly, we talk about him a a ton with patients because on the walls of our operatories, we have picture of our team, which uh, he's he's in front and center and pictures of our of our doctors who work in our practice. And so it's always coming up in conversation and everyone, patients included, want to see Pigeon every day. And like I mentioned, we include him in our office marketing because it's something unique and fun and it's it's very memorable for, for the patients who come to see us. Not only that, but some days in the office are tough, not just for us, but for our team members too. You know, we, we all have good days and bad days and our families or our pets in this case, things outside of dentistry, they give us perspective. And having Pigeon in our office every day, it really gives our team something to bond over. And also in, in this hiring climate that we have now, I think every little thing that keeps your team attached to your office and makes them realize, you know what, the grass isn't greener at that other office where I could maybe get a, another 50 cents an hour. You know, I think about the the people I work with and I think about Pigeon the dog that I get to see every day. And I think about those types of things. And it really helps to build a a culture of people in your office who are, yes, they're working for, for to make a living, but they're also working to to be able to enjoy themselves and to be a part of something bigger than themselves. So for your office, this might be a dog. Uh, it could be a different charity that you choose to donate to each month, or it could be free dentistry days. Whatever it is, I encourage you to figure out something for your team to bond over a a shared mission that isn't just doing dentistry day in and day out. And I think if you find something like that, you'll see a a definite positive effect on on the team culture in your office. All right. So I know I've said this a couple times now, but next episode will truly be the last of this startup mini-series. We'll do a case study of a recent startup client of mine who had over 300 patients on his schedule less than two weeks after opening his doors. 
which is just incredible. And we'll also take a look at the growth of my own practice to where it is today and what I would have changed if I had to do it all over again, because there are quite a few things that I would have done differently. And that's how we'll wrap things up. So if you have any questions about your specific startup journey, or if you'd like to sign up for the TLP Mastermind while you still can, or for one-on-one coaching, click on the links in the show notes, or just email me at matt at thelifestylepractice.com. Until next time, cheers. We'll talk to you again soon.